We got a two-time district MVP, led the PDP in hitting, uh, second on Team USA in hitting fast, fastest guy in youth baseball. What comes to your mind when you hear that? Um, you know, I mean, I feel like just like myself. <laughs> I feel like there's nobody else, you know, with those uh, credentials. So, I mean, especially being the fastest guy, um, you know, it's something I take pride in. So, let, let's uh, let's jump into when I first met you. Okay, first game I meet Kendall George out here at Cotton Ranch, you're playing for Trevor Moe in the eighth grade. You hit a ground ball to second base and beat it out. And I've, I've never seen that, first of all, okay? But for me, I was just like, who, who is this kid? Okay, and then I think later on that year, the Memorial Day Perfect Game Tournament, you played with us. And we faced some okay arms. I think what stood out to me the most with you is that we played USA Prime like in the semifinal and they ran a good arm at us oh, yeah. and you doubled. And I remember calling Trevor Moten going, man, I'm like, this kid can hit. It's not just slapping the ball um, or just beating out infield singles. And that to, to go further into your progression, I feel like in ninth grade, you didn't strike out, right? Hit a little bit. What was the turning point where you started driving the baseball where you were like a real hitter? Uh, I feel like that turning point um, really came, like came on big my senior year, really. Okay. Um, I feel like I started dabbling in a little bit in my junior year, but um, really like my senior year is when I really started, you know, putting on strength and you know, changing a couple things up in my swing to really add more loft and add more power. Let's, so I'm, I'm gonna go to, for me, I think it was a little sooner. I feel like your, when we went to North Carolina, and this is, this is funny because you got mad at me in North Carolina, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but you backspun a ball in the right, right field corner. And that that swing, I was like, okay, that that did it for me. That was the turning point for me for you. Is is you? I mean, that ball one hopped in the corner, and it was loud. And I was like, wait a minute. And I was like, in, in my mind, because the USA guys are right behind us. I'm like, this guy probably just made the team. As a competitor, did it tick you off that you didn't make it at sixteen? Oh, yeah, because, you know, being out there with all those guys and just outperforming them every week, like, I feel like I had earned the right to be around that, you know, elite group of guys. But, you know, not being selected, I feel like it really pushed me for, like, the next year. And I feel like that really pushed me over the edge. And, you know, that made me go into PDP with a chip in my shoulder um, and just going out there to perform and, you know, outwork those guys. And, and then it really paid off. So let's go to your dad here. Chris, when did you know that Kendall had something special? And I and I'll go further. You're probably the in terms of parents we've had to deal with, and we've had some great parents on y'all's team. 
right? We've never gotten a phone call from your dad. Never. What's your process been to where you're just like, my kid's going to be fine? Well, it kind of, for, for me, it kind of goes back to when he first started playing baseball. You know, with my um, education and my background, I was always a numbers guy. Okay. So each and every year, whether it's fall or spring, I would always keep a ledger of what he did that year. Right. And from the start, pretty much the numbers were always off the charts. <laughs> Each and every year. It, I, I'll tell you, you know, sometimes I would look in the stands and you see parents pacing. You see parents, you know, they get caught up in the moment yelling. And you just steady Eddie. Is it just because of the belief that you've had in, in the body of work he's done, or that's just? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's really it. Because um, you know, everybody always talk about how the game is always a a, a failures type game. So you know, they're not going to go out there and be perfect, right? But at the same time, when they are making their mistakes. You want to see them learn from it the next time. Right. So, you know, after after a game or whatever, um, well, when he was younger, it was more so me approaching him about, you know, what I saw and things like that. Then as he got older, um, when I would approach him about some of the things that he could have done better, he'll first tell me the same thing that I noticed during the game, that, hey, uh, um, I should have done this while I was hitting. Um, I made this error while I was feeling stuff like that. And and so, you know, when he's able to recognize where he could have done better, um, I mean, that's that's just the icing on the cake to me. Yeah, I agree. Kendall, what what role, because you've got an older brother who really hit in D1 baseball, what role did Avery play in your development? Uh, I think he played a real big role. Um, you know, from a young age, I mean, just going out to the field, always watching him play, always following him around, um, going to all his tournaments, uh, going to all the baseball lessons with him. You know, he was just kind of like a big role model for me. Um, he just always pushed me to be the best player I could be. Um, and still to this day, he still does that. I mean, he always told me that um, I'll be better than him. <laughs> and <laughs> I guess he was right. But, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he believed in it before I did, so... You know, I mean, I owe him a lot for uh, all the all the things he's taught me and just pushing what, me. What's funny about Avery, the first time I talked to Avery about you was in Carolina, sophomore summer. And I said, no, maybe the junior summer. And I said, who's faster? Not. And I said, who's better? And I was like, that's the first time I've heard an older brother just give the nod to the younger brother. Yeah. <laughs> the first time. Um, let's go to the PDP, Kendall. So I think your best body of work that I've seen, North Carolina, what stood out to me, Alpha Prime game. You were standing on deck before the game started. And we were staring at the bullpen. And I said, KG, what do you have on this guy? 
And for the first time in your since I've coached you in your career, you said that's firm. And I'm not going to lie to you. I, I got nervous. I, I was worried. OK, because <laughs> I'm like, I've never heard Kendall George tell me someone threw hard. So we start the game off. And you double. Right. I think Sam Myers had a had a single. Long story short, we went three to one. I went and looked at the arm that day, the velo. And you were right, it was 94-96. And I remember going, getting a phone call from Ralph Gard Jr. Just checking up. We were just catching up. And I said, hey, man, for the first time in my life, I heard Kendall George tell me somebody threw hard and he ambushed the guy. And so I think what, what really stands out for me is the after North Carolina, we went to West Palm Beach, right? And there wasn't a ball thrown under 88 in pool play. And you handled that. What confidence did that give you going to the PDP? Uh, it was definitely a great confidence boost. Um, just always seeing good arms week after week. And then going into PDP, where it was just straight dudes on the mound every game. Um, I feel like that kind of preparation is just something that um, can just boost your confidence. Um, and I feel like it did help me a lot going into PDP. How much of the prior experiences gave you a chip on your shoulder going into the PDP? Because I feel like you got snubbed at 16 because you led the tournament in hitting in North Carolina and they turned a blind eye to it. And so let's fast forward to the PDP. Did you go out there like, man, I got, I, I'm about to show these guys. I got something to prove right here. Oh yeah. I mean, going out there, I mean, I mean the first game, I remember I was really nervous. <laughs> I mean, I came in. <laughs> you nervous? Remember, Come on. I remember my first at bat. That's unheard of. <laughs> I remember my first at bat. I looked at three straight strikes and I was walking back to the dugout like, man. You struck out? <laughs> that was the only time I struck out that week. And I, 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 I was like, I man. Kendall, this, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you a stat here, okay? I kept every lineup card and wrote down what y'all did every, every game. You struck out one time in two summers. Now, I've been around... Randall Grichik in the summertime, Kevin Biggio, big leaguer. Grichik's a big leaguer also. I saw Kevin at 16U with the Houston Heat not strike out in the summertime. I don't know what he did, but I've never seen that. So that's, that's when, I, when I speak about you, I tell people, I'm like, the bat-to-ball skills are elite. Now I'm going to jump on one of your teammates for a second. How much did Sam Myers and in the internal competition from within help you? Uh, you know, I feel like me and Sam, you know, it was like a friendly competition all the time. I'm just kind of pushing each other out there in the outfield. Um, you know, we split time playing center and left. Um, but, you know, it was always good vibes and, you know, just good competition. And, you know, really just trying to push each other to be um, the best versions of ourselves. I'll say this and what I think about you and Sam. You're way more gifted, right? You can run. 
I feel like watching y'all against what was considered the top players in the country, I don't think we ran across a team that had a better one-two. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I believe so, too. I mean, just like the chemistry we had built over the years of playing with each other, um, I feel like, you know, just the combination of me and him, you know, there was never a tournament where we weren't hitting, you know, at least 350 yeah. or above. That's true. So, I That's mean, true. we were always hitting, um, always being, a, you know, a main source of scoring, you know, table setter and table clear. So, yeah, we were a good, we were a good one too for sure. Well, I don't know if we'll ever have another point <laughs> too like it. All right, now let's 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 go to last summer. Chris, how tired were you from traveling? Oh, dude. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. I, I mean, even seeing a schedule before making all those trips, you know, I was worried because you know I was like. Um, how are we going to be able to get to all these events and things like that? You know, um, fortunately, you know, a couple of them, his expenses were, was completely covered and things like that. But, but yeah, um, I never spent so much time outside of my own bed <laughs> in my life. First time ever. What now, Kendall, I remember. So let's recap your summer. We went, North Carolina, Carolina to West Palm Beach. You go back to the PDP. PDP to the PG National, right? How tired were you after the PG National? I was pretty tired. Uh, I had never played that much baseball back to back to back like that. But, you know, it was definitely real fun. I mean, I wish I could do it all over again, but it's definitely real tired. Okay, now walk me through... We go to Arizona, you're gassed, I can tell, right? PG World Series, but you still came and played. I feel like Arizona was just a good, it, it kind of worked out perfect because you got to see some pitching and then you go to Area Code. From Area Code, you go to the USA Trials. How are the USA Trials for you? Uh, actually, going to USA Trials, I mean, that gap between area code and USA trials was about a month. So like during that time, I mean, I didn't really have any at bats. So um, coming off of area code, I mean, I had a good week there. And then for about three to four weeks, I was resting, um, just kind of hitting the cage and stuff like that. Um, then I went out there to trials and um, I didn't really know what to expect, honestly. Right. right. Cause I was like, ah, I'm I might, I might be really good. I might you yeah. know, struggle a little bit. Cause you know, all these guys out there, you know, they were like 94, 95, uh, some 97, you know, going out there and I actually hit really good for what I was uh, going with. But, you I, know, I, I'll say this. I texted you before you went. And you texted me back and you said, I'm about to make the team. And I remember talking to Corey Van Allen and I said, I showed him the text and I was like, this cat's unreal. I'm like, let's see what happens. And then you sent me a text and, and I got worried because you said, man, we were playing in the dark. I guess there were no lights, right? <laughs> we were playing right. in the dark. Yeah. And I was there was no like, lights. <laughs> so, so when you sent me that text, I'm like, 
oh man, is is this not good? And then I don't know what I was doing, but I saw the announcement was made that they did the final rosters, right? What was that moment like waiting for you to hear your name? Man, that was stressful. <laughs> really? <laughs> We're all sitting in the room. Everyone. Everybody, all 40 of us sitting in the room. Uh, you know, they give us all, like a little speech before, you know, and then they start calling out the names. Where I mean, was your name called? Luckily, I was like somewhere in like the like the middle. I was probably like the tenth player to get called. Big so, sigh know. of relief. Oh man, who was the first? <laughs> who was the first guy? I don't even remember. Chris, I don't were even you remember. there when it happened? No, no, no. I was at home. Man, and was, I don't remember who the first guy was either. It was crazy though. Like everyone was just like, you could just feel like the tension in the room. Like, it was just crazy. Guys I, were crying. You know, it I, was just. I, I'll say this. When I saw you and Blake hug, I was like, man, that hug to me felt like a couple of things. Number one, y'all been teammates for a while, right? Number two, I felt like you should have been somewhere in the conversation at 16, as was Blake. But I also feel like Blake knew how good you were and was pretty ecstatic that y'all both got to share that moment together after spending all that time in the summer. And that for me, I was just like, man, we've got, and I don't know if it's ever happened before, but to me, I'm like, man, this may never happen again. We're two guys from the same team. And I want to touch on this. You and Blake probably had a lot of people pull at you to go play elsewhere. What kept y'all with the 12? Um, you know, I feel like it's kind of like a family here, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've played here since I was, I think, 13. Okay. Um, and, you know, just the coaching and just the people. I mean, it's just a great culture. I mean, I feel like if you're a kid in Texas, there's no there's nowhere else you should be playing but here, um, you know. You know, you go about you go about the game the right way, um, and you know you get kids recruited. Yeah, you know, and that's the main goal for a lot of guys. And so, and Chris, how, how about you? How how did we keep Kendall George? Because you're of all the parents, your dad's the hardest to read. And I'm going to touch on this. The first time I talked to your dad, we were walking out of Carolina. We had the Canes beat. Rain delay. Oh, man. Right? Remember that game? Yep. The, they had, and they had no shot. Right? Blake Mitchell dominates for three innings. Elwinger comes out, dominates, rain delay, comes back, dominates. Two-hour and 30-minute rain delay. And the arm we put in, we, we cough it up. And I was walking out of the complex, and I told your dad, first conversation, in-length conversation we had, I go, I shouldn't have thrown him. And he goes, I was wondering why you did that. <laughs> <laughs> but Chris, how, how, did, how were we able to keep Kendall? Because I know you had a lot of people pulling at you. Same as Blake. Well, well, I mean, it, it actually goes back even before Avery started playing with, okay. with the 12. When, when I would watch the teams at the various events, you know, play their games and things like that, how the families interacted in, in, in a good manner. 
um, how the kids competed real hard and stuff like that. So, you know, when Avery was able to join in, in high school and, and the things that he went through, um, it was only fitting that, you know, once I got to the point where I needed to get Kendall um, to a different level of ball, that right. 12 was a place to go. Right. So, and, and I'm always, a, I'm the type of person who, uh, who likes consistency. Yeah. So w w with that being said, we're already in a good environment. Right. Why change that? All right. Now, Kendall, I got a good bone to pick with you. <laughs> so your freshman year, you go to the area code workout. And this is like the first time I get you for a length of time coaching you. I had a 2021 guy come up to me. He goes, man, Kendall says you're hard on him. All you do is yell. <laughs> so I step back and I'm like, dang, I may have gotten, I may have gotten under this cat's skin. What, it, what evolved with you and me and CVA coaching that stood out to you? Uh, you know, it was always high energy. Every, every weekend, it was high energy every week, um, you know. And, you know, you're just, you're just trying to push us to be the best version of ourselves and not let us get complacent. Um, even though, you know, we are, you realize that we were a really good group. Um, just always making sure that we're trying to reach for a further goal. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that was just a big thing um, for us in that group of guys, just making sure we didn't get complacent because we were a really good group, probably one of the best groups to come through here. The best group so, I mean, that I've seen. And, there's, and there has... I mean, we've had some teams come through here, but in, in terms of the 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 chemistry and winning, I, I haven't seen anything like it. Uh, Y'all are winner of, of ten plus tournaments. Um, you went undefeated your freshman summer, which I don't know a team in Texas that's done that. Um, now I want to give you some names here to close this out, and your dad probably knows these names more than than you, but. The era I grew up in, Carl Crawford, Michael Bourne, Chris Young, Vincent Blue, and Scott Moore is not here, but sh Scotty, shout out to you. Uh, Scott Moore knows Vincent Blue. Vincent Blue is now a double-A coach for the Corpus Christi Hooks, but one of the fastest guys to grow up in our era. When I tell you that, at this age in their career that you're faster and better than them. There's two parts to this. Chris, what do you think about that? And Kendall, what do you think? Oh, I mean, I, I agree because I watched most of those guys play in the RBI League when they were in high school Yeah, with, with my younger cousin. Yeah. So I, 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 Unreal. I, know, I know firsthand how a lot of them guys were uh, James Loney was a part of that group too at James, one point. Yes. So yes, I, I mean, and I and I didn't add James just because he kind of pitched and played first base. But outfield wise, I mean, Chris Young, thirty thirty guy in the big leagues. Carl Crawford, outstanding career. Michael Bourne, the hometown kid, played for the Astros, outstanding career. Um, and it's, I mean. Houston may not ever have 
another three guys like that in the same era. And then there's you, right? How does that make you feel? I mean, it's actually funny that you say that because <laughs> actually a couple of weeks ago at the Combine, um, I had a pretty lengthy conversation with Michael Bourne. Um, yeah. Uh, with Bryce Matthews as well. Um, okay. And he was talking about um, how, you know, I'm miles ahead of what he was as a player coming you out are. of high school. And, um, you know, that kind of stood out to me because, you know, that's a player I used to watch growing up when I used to watch the Astros uh, as a young kid. Um, but, you know, it means a lot because um, I feel like the talent's kind of been down a little bit in Houston it over has. the past couple of years. Um, and being a dude that can come out of Houston um, and just be um, kind of like an inspiration to someone to look up to um, for the people around me. Um, I feel like it's just an honor. All right, now, Kendall, we are we are two days before the draft. You've been to pre-draft workouts. You've had in-home interviews, uh, and recently you just went to the draft combine. What's that process been like for you? Uh, it's been exciting, you know. Um, I feel like a couple of years ago, I mean, I was wishing to be in this position that I am in today. So you know, just trying to take the experience as it comes and um, just enjoy every moment. I mean, I've been trying my best to do that from day one, but, you know, really now, like, honing in on the draft and, you know, just trying to enjoy that experience, you know, not trying to put myself in too much stress because, you know, either way it goes, I have a great opportunity waiting for me. So. Yeah. Chris, how's it been for you as, as a parent watching him go through all of this? It, it goes back to... Uh, a story that, that he definitely don't remember, but four <laughs> years old, he knew I just returned from the county park handling baseball business. You know, we just solidified our draft order and the names yeah. of our teams and stuff like that. So I'm in the bathroom, you know, getting ready for uh, work the next day. Yeah. And he comes strolling in the bathroom, <laughs> little bitty old thing, looks up <laughs> at me, Daddy, I'm the best player on the team. I turned to him and I started laughing. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we ain't drafted players yet. How right. you know? But from that day forward, he's never disappointed. Right. Excelled at each level that he's played at and stuff. So, um, you know, my whole goal was just to get his education paid for. Right. Anything on top of right. getting his education paid for, just icing on the cake. Right. So um, he, he uh, exceeded expectations. Kendall, what's been the most stressful part of this process? Um, just kind of like the unknowing, you know, Yeah, you know, what happens behind closed doors. Right. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of like all a mystery. I mean, you have like a middleman, you know, your advisor right. that gives you information here and there, but you know, you know, nothing's really certain. Right. So that's, that's true. You know, it's just kind of like wondering like, ah, oh, did I do enough? Uh, is there anything I could have did more? Right. But you know, now that we're getting closer, you know, Things are getting more solidified and, you know, it's, it's, it's been a little bit easier to handle for sure. I'll say this and we can wrap it up. I think that there's, in terms of the competitor you are, I don't think people realize how competitive you really are. What do you think when, about that when I say that? Um, I'd say that's probably like one of my best traits. Uh, I feel yes. like I shine 
the brightest when um, the competition gets better. Yes. Um, I feel like that's just like, it's just kind of like in me. I mean, I, I feel like I was kind of born with it. Just, you know, me and my brother always competing in everything that we do, you know, growing up. And yeah. I just feel like that competitor in me has just always been there and, and it's just growing. And Chris, I'll touch on this. When you see Kendall go about his business, right? You just look lax, you play catch, and you just look like you're all just chilling, right? I've had people say, hey, how does he compete? And my answer to them is, if you just watch, okay? If you're just going off his body language, that doesn't tell the story, right? I go, the better the arm, the better Kendall George has been. But there's another side of it. And we talked about it before. You're the only guy I've coached in the summertime who's requested to hit nine people. And I've told people this and I go, the only conclusion I can come to is that you want the lineup to come back to you as many times as you want because you feel we will win. And the last thing I'll touch on and what stood out to me, we were in a must-win game in Carolina against top tier. And we were we we blew out a lead squad. Kane's game was tight game, four to three, we lost. But you texted me the night before and you said, Coach, lead me off. And we lost, but it was the principle of the whole thing. You wanted to be responsible for how the game was gonna flow and you wanted to put the team on your back. And those characteristics, I don't, I don't think, I think people miss on you a lot. But that's it, Marcus. Done. Great. Cool. That was, that was easy breezy. Yep. We did that in 30 minutes.